0: Welcome back to The Francisca Show, a Jewish coffeehouse podcast, where we encourage fellow artists and entrepreneurs to collaborate and support each other while sharing their stories. I am Francisca, a singer, composer, music producer, coach, and also your host. Thank you so much for joining and listening to this podcast. I look at the numbers and I am so impressed by how so many of you are still checking in, even with everything that's going on. I'd like to also mention that Modmath now is offering make your own home kits. So if you are looking to straighten your teeth now is a great time especially because other beauty services aren't really available to you right now. So this is something you can do to improve your smile and hopefully when this is all over you'll have something to show for it. So if you're interested please reach out to 1844 Modmath it, that's 1-844-MOD-MOUTH and make sure to tell them Francisco sent you. I am so excited to announce to you that this week on Luck for Omer, we have a new song coming out called Modi Manach uh, that has Dvorah Schwartz featured on it. Also, the lyric video is made by Raquel Rice and the song was mixed by Hill Kapnik. So I am so excited to make sure to stay tuned for that. If you are serious about turning your art form into a real business, figuring out how you can monetize your talents and how you could create A high earning business. Definitely reach out and here you go. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thanks again so much for coming back and listening. And if you are enjoying this podcast, make sure to tell your friends about it so they can check it out. Today in the show with us, we have Hannah Jenny Weisberg. So, mom of eight, inspirational blogger and creator of JewishMom.com. Welcome to the show, Chana Jenny. This is so exciting. We're so happy to have you here.
1: I'm really happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah.
0: So, tell us a little bit about your background, how you got started, what you've been doing, and tell us how it all started.
1: So, um, I grew up in Baltimore um, in a conservative Jewish family. Um, I attended a actually a Quaker prep school, a a Christian-like prep school when I was growing up, a friend's school. Um, And um, so when I was like in college, basically, uh, long story short, I became a Balachuba uh, when I was 21. Um, And so I married my husband when I was 24. By 26, I was a mother. Um, and um, and basically, I had been. You know, I'm the mother. I'm the daughter of a psychiatrist. My mother was a psychiatrist. My grandmother was a professor, like an education professor. I had never really seen the model of like a of like a mother who like motherhood like is her is 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 like her main main thing. Um, and I was really um, so when I've had my first daughter, who just turned 22, um, and uh, you know I was at the university. And I had been planning when I was pregnant, I said, I said, so at what age can I, like, I, I said, uh, I said, at what age can I send her to a babysitter? Because I'd be planning, like, how, how quickly can I get rid of this baby? So I can, like, have my career and finish my master's and do all the important things that I had to do. But then, you know, as soon as she was born, it was like, I didn't want to leave this. She was such a cute baby. I'd I, it like it's the last thing I want to do. In the world was leave this baby. So um, so basically, I found myself as a stay-at-home mom with absolutely zero emotional preparation um, for doing so. I had spent my entire life, you know, I went to a prep school that I went to Bowdoin College, which is a liberal arts college in Maine. Um, and I had spent my entire life with very, very high um, career goals for myself. And I, also, and I thought, you know, I'll have a career and I'll also have a family. But what happened was, you know, as soon as I had my daughter, I was like, no, I want to have, I like, this is what I want to do. But I was, I was so conflicted. I felt like, on the other hand, I felt like this is what I want to do, but I felt like I'm such a loser. This is all I'm doing. So I think the jewishmom.com came out of that, um, that basically, basically it started like a journey for me about finding finding um uh like the meaning and the importance of being a jewish mom and raising the next generation of jewish kids and basically like i found different teachers to guide me to find like to realize that really like that this in this role that there's so much importance and so much uh and a wealth of spirituality and inspiration and so so my goal my 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 goal in jewishmom.com is to make every jewish mother smile every day not, not that, not that i've achieved that yet but i'm still trying um so so tell us how um, that works how what, that works how do i do that well
0: yeah and what's your day-to-day what what's okay. involved in jewishmom.com
1: um so every day um every day i sit down usually for about two hours, but usually it takes longer, usually kind of like a little bit kind of like spreads into three or four hours sometimes. Um, and, uh, and I just, I just write something that I think, and I, and I always think to myself, is this something that will make Jewish moms smile? Um, I do it every day. So every day I do that for, I've been writing now for, um, for 19 years every day. Wow. You
0: are a pro. You know, I've, I've been reading about the definition of amateurs and pros, and the pros are the ones who, who commit to doing it every day. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay, so what are the topics that you write about? And then I know you feature a lot of other people's writings, a lot of other mothers' writings on your blog as well. So tell us a bit more about that.
1: Yeah. Um, so the topics that I cover, it's always related to um. It's, it's related to uh, motherhood, either my life as a mother or people. Um. Just kind of general things about uh, inspirational ideas about motherhood or, or just general ideas that would inspire Jewish mothers. Um. And the truth is, I actually um. I don't feature other people's writing so much. The reason that you're saying that, I think, is because I featured you. Yes, <laughs> so you did. I, yeah, uh, which which is how which is how Thank this you. should have happened uh, that I'm on this podcast so that that was how we got connected. But I posted I posted the amazing song and the beautiful story that you that you had written um, about a loss that you had experienced. So I posted that. But the truth is that was that was I thought it was an exceptionally moving piece, which is why I posted it and an amazing song. I've actually posted a bunch of your songs. I, I know watched, I was going to say that. that. that cover Yeah. Yeah. I, I have to say that song that you sing, the Kolberama, like it sticks in my mind. It's like, I can't, like, I just, it's just, and I, I posted it, I think a few years ago, maybe, I don't know. Yeah. But I, it sticks in my mind. Like, it's such an amazing tune, um, melody. And um, so, though, so I usually only, I usually post my own writing. Got it. Fascinating. Okay,
0: so I personally, okay, before we move on to other topics, for me, the topic of inspiration has been complicated because when I perform you know the goal is to inspire other people uh, but I find that difficult for that to be the goal for me when I get up on stage Uh, for me it's creating an experience that people enjoy more than inspiring them so when you think of topics that are inspirational what goals what kind of thoughts go into it? And I'm assuming you live your life in a way where you view every every experience you have in that lens of how you're going to share it to inspire other people, which makes your life a whole different type of life because you're, you're living it through a different lens. You have a different mindset for every experience exactly. you have.
1: Yeah, exactly. But so I think that what I do, I think maybe I don't exactly say how will I inspire mothers, but I think of like like what I'm learning, what I'm personally working on right now, what I'm struggling with and what inspires me. Um, so, um, yeah, because I'm always, like, I'm, I take a lot of different classes and I'm always learning different new ideas and, um, and I'm always struggling. I'm a Jewish mother, so, of course, like, inherent to that is I'm always struggling with something. Um, and also human being, which means I'm always inherently always struggling with something. So basically a lot of the blog is just kind of like what I'm struggling with and what got me through what I'm struggling with. I think also a very, I think also an important part of it is validating. It's like providing, like not only inspiring and saying, this is amazing for Jewish mothers, but saying like validating and saying like, this is tough. And I just want to say something also like, especially I think for Jewish mothers um, and even more so for observant Jewish mothers, like Orthodox Jewish mothers, um, since we have, since we tend to have larger families, um, the average Orthodox mothers not having like the, the average, you know, 2.2 children that you know uh, have a little bit more than that, sometimes a lot more than that, um, and there's also like the added, the, the the added stresses of you know getting ready for Shabbos and getting ready for the holidays, um, and um, uh, we and I think that we don't appreciate just how much. Um, how much, how much, uh, how much extra stress there is on there is on us. At the same time, I think that we have access to a huge amount of potential and potential inspiration and meaning and significance of what we're doing. Um, but I think we shouldn't under... So I try to validate validate mothers in general and also Orthodox mothers, particular in particular. Um, to remember like this is not easy like even though the fact that you live in a place where everyone like I live in a community where everyone around me all the women around me are observant orthodox Jews um, but that doesn't that doesn't take away from how tough this is how rewarding and wonderful and spiritual and potentially uplifting and amazing but also very very tough.
0: So you bring that breath of fresh air to everyone who's doing the grind and doing it day after day. And it seems like everyone's surviving and somehow doing it. And, but really inside everyone probably feels like, how's everyone else keeping up? This is so exhausting and overwhelming. Totally. So what are some of the topics that get the most engagement and interest? I know you have a wide reach.
1: Right. Um, so, um, so I've noticed something. Um, something I love. Okay, once once I looked into what post got the most hits, and the most and like the words that people most click on are the words "mazel tov." Congratulations, which I think is such a wonderful statement about Jewish moms. That Jewish moms like love to hear that something good, something wonderful, just happened to another person. Um. So, um. Uh, yeah, and also, and also, sadly, the sa- I think the second most popular like word that I know is a trigger to get the most hits is tragedy. If tr- like Mazel tov and tragedy, and I think again like that like it it shows like like when something like that we want to be happy with each other, but also we care about one another when 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 uh, when tragedy strikes.
0: Yeah. So, do you include these trigger words into your titles often just to get more engagement?
1: Um, I think the other day, yeah, yeah, the other day, um, I have neighbors and they had five, um, uh, they were like themselves in an unlikely shidduch, an unlikely match that was made between them for various reasons, and they had, after five girls, and they had a boy, so I wrote, instead of writing, uh, you know, um, a girl after a boy, I wrote Mazel Tov, that was the title, Mazel Tov to the Impossible Shidduch. Uh, five girls and now a boy because I know because it was it was because I knew that the word Mazel Tov and it worked like it was a very very popular um post right interesting so cool (laughs) so take us through a little bit of
0: the how you grew like was everything organic in terms of you know get get growing your audience yeah and then we'll talk about the if this is a financial rewarding, by rewarding, I mean, are there any financial rewards to what you're doing?
1: Right? Yeah, it's been completely organic, but I've been doing it for 19 years. So occasionally, people get in touch with me and say, you know, I want to start a blog, how do I get a big audience? And um, basically, I just did like, you know, just one, like, every day posting, every day posting, you know, growing on Facebook from, you know, from, I remember when I started with like 70, you know, 70 people following me and now it's over 11,000, but that took 10 years. So really it's, and, and also Facebook um, closed my ad account. Um, so they they, uh, they they blocked my ad account because they don't like that I just post this. I think that they like a different kind of ad. They don't like that. I just put up my articles um, so, uh, so they banned, so i so even if I wanted to, I couldn't promote myself on find it like by paying. Um, uh, but it's worked, it's worked just by doing word of mouth and, um, people like one friend uh, shares with another. Um, and it really, it's in Baruch Hashem, like it's, it reaches, uh, it's like, it just happened organically that it started reaching a larger and larger progressively audience. Great. Yeah. And about
0: the monetization yeah. end of it.
1: Uh, okay. Monetization. So, um, so I haven't, uh, I haven't monetized Jewish mom.com. It's something that occurred to me a few years ago. Um, and I spoke with my rabbi, um, and, um, and I real, I realized, I realized that the small amount of money that I could make by putting up ads, um, just wouldn't be worth it for me. I feel like JewishMom.com mom.com is this, um, is this very holy, this holy space of inspiration. And, you know, moms can go there without being, you know, without being bombarded with like shetel ads, etc. Um, so uh, not that I have anything in shetel ads, but I'd rather keep jewishmom.com. Like, no, no, I don't, I don't do promotions um, in general. Um, but the truth, but actually more recently, uh, my husband and I actually, we started a family business. So that's actually more recently, like over the last uh, year or so, it's been uh, taking. So in addition to my mom.com, I'm actually doing something that makes money. And we host, we host groups of tourists. My husband has a business called uh, Chef Rabbi Josh, chefrabbijosh.com, because he's a rabbi and also a chef. So he cooks an amazing meal. He's very good. Um, and then basically we host groups of like Jews and non-Jews. And then I ask us questions about Judaism and Israel, and we love it. It's, it's fantastic, um, and it's, and it's uh, profitable.
0: Well, congratulations on that. And it's so interesting how you say it wouldn't be worth it, and you don't want to pollute your brand by having any promotional material on your website. Yeah. Have you had a job? over the last 20 years or so that you've been doing jewishmom.com was there something else you were doing too
1: basically my my youngest just turned five so like up until now i was really very busy with that like um you know in israel in israel the like nursery schools end earlier so i had like every day only until like 1 30 i'm picking up my kids um so there wasn't really so much time to um to work um so basically it's only now that i've gotten older and my and my youngest kid is older that i'm that i'm actually you know doing something that that makes money. Yeah. Okay so now
0: that we got all the logistics out of the way i'd like to talk more about your content and what you stand for and your philosophies. So being a jewish mother is is your area of expertise. I'm just curious yeah. do you ever run out of topics to talk about? Are you ever nervous that you're repeating topics? How does that work? If
1: you write it every day, um, I'm sure you
0: are repeating something.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so um, I think for me, like it's like the it's like a daily miracle that every single day I have something to post. And generally in the morning, I wake up and I have no idea what I'm gonna write about. And then always like it just and it's, this has been going on for like 19 years. Like every single day, I have something to but by the time I need to write something by like 2 pm or whenever it is, used to be like 11 p.m. 11 a.m. when i had to pick the kids up earlier. So um so then i just i feel i feel i feel like it's because i'm giving something out to other mothers that god sends me. It's like this daily miracle. He's like okay, here's an idea. God always sends me every single day like what to something to write. Um, and i'm sure that I'm, I'm sure that i'm that i'm uh, that i'm repeating myself. A funny thing happened like last year is that i had this real Chiddush. I had this real like I thought it was this incredible new idea. Um, and then um and I said and I said I just read this idea and I think it's incredible um that um that every time we do a good deed, like let's say every time before we clean up or we help our kids or we change a diaper, before we do that, we're gonna say we're gonna say uh, say, um I um I have I I'm it was my intention, that I'm serving God through doing this mitzvah of a kamocha. Uh, you know, loving your neighbor as yourself by changing the diaper, and whatever or whatever it was. Um, and I thought this is a brilliant new idea. And then a woman, one of my readers, like an old-time reader, she pointed out to me that um, that this that this um, that this same idea that i would quoted the same idea. Um, uh, let me just think. I think like 12 years before in my second book. So, so so basically, I thought this was like amazing idea, and I already said it like 12 years ago. And 12 years ago, I completely forgot. So so I so I'm certain that um, I'm certain that I have that I that I, I repeat myself all the time. But um but basically it's, it's kind of, I feel like it's mostly like a documentation. Um it's a documentation of my own genuine process as a mother, emotionally, spiritually, um so yeah, and I write I write what I'm really going through. So, and so so I'm sh- I'm sure I'm repeating all the time but it's real and it's yeah. No,
0: and clearly it it's it kicked off because the women are interested. And mm-hmm. I'm so curious because you're displaying your life in a very public way. Have you had yeah. any resistance from your family or yourself that you're displaying your personal life on such a grand scale?
1: Yeah. Um, so I think that most of my kids are happy about it. They're, like, excited. I think that they like when, like, you know, we walk down the street and then, like, people people recognize me. Um, like, I think they're like, oh, that's cool. Like, my mother, like, people know who my mother is. Like, that's really cool. Um, but on the other hand, I think that um, some, some someone asked me recently, like, I tend to write about my little kids and not anything about my, not about my teenagers and what they're going through. I write like, about a cute thing that my five-year-old said or that, you know, my... T- Two-year-olds wetting the bed, or I don't know, whatever. But I don't mention, you know, my sixteen-year-old, and what and what she's really going through, and um, because I just I feel I feel like it's not like I'm not like that. Like that's like a um, it's a boundary cross in terms of their privacy. So I wouldn't consider doing that. So basically, my um, like my teenagers, or now I have older than teen- teenagers. I have a twenty-two-year-old. Um, I I don't I don't my personal stuff about them. Um, and uh, my younger kids, I do. Um what about so, personal things
0: when it's concerned me? to you, but it, it's about their experiences, but it, how it reflects on your life? For example, shidduchim. Yes, it, it's your child's shidduch life, but I think yeah. the parents through the shidduch process are experiencing it on a whole different personal level as well.
1: Right. Um, so, um, yeah, so I'm definitely not going to be writing about my kids' shidduchim experiences. Um, sometimes, yeah, sometimes like that's definitely what's like, like on the forefront. Um, Now I have older daughters, like it's definitely on the forefront of my mind, like, but I'm definitely not, maybe I'll write about it in a vague way. Um, but never about like, and someone, someone suggested this, but I don't think it's a good idea. And I'm I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to be doing that it's
0: a real balance because you want to be authentic and you want to keep growing and sharing that growth with people. However, you're censoring yourself and your family on very important yeah. topics.
1: That Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's true. So
0: it's interesting how you're handling it and how, and how you have to deal with it. Really? It's
1: yeah, it's complicated.
0: A hundred percent.
1: Also, also, also I don't write about my husband. Um, I never, I mean, which is uh, so like I, I, I write that I have a husband or something kind of harve about my husband, but I never write anything. Actually, this is something I learned from Rabbani Yemima. Uh, she's, she's She was one of my first teacher, Rabbani Yemima Mizrahi. She's the one who really set me off on my on my way of like JewishMom.com and inspiring Jewish mothers. Um. So uh, so I learned from her. Um. Uh. Never. Um. Uh. So I, I never I never say anything good or bad about my husband
0: could you give us a little more about that
1: <laughs> so I will I, I will never say I will never say oh my husband gave an amazing devar Torah like little Torah speech at the Shabbos table or my husband helps so much or my husband is so sensitive I, I, I will never ever say anything and I'm not going to say whether things I just said are true or not on the other end, I will not say, you know, uh, negative stuff. I won't say my insensitive husband, my husband who never helps out, my husband who is a whatever. I, I'll never, I, I don't say anything this way or that way because I think that, um, so Rabani, Rabani, she said, she said, who, she said, who is a bad friend? This is something that she said, like, I think 15 years ago, but it really made an impression on me. She said, who is a bad friend? She said, a bad friend is someone who tells you how amazing her husband is it makes you feel like your husband is a is a schmo, and at the same time, she's a, a bad friend is a person who, when you complain about your husband, she agrees with you. So okay, I repeat just, the last uh, thing again. Okay, so the, so the first thing is the person who, who the, the, so the first thing is um a bad friend is a person who says how amazing her husband is, and a bad friend is also someone who, when you complain about your husband, agrees with you. Uh-huh. So, so I took, it's not exactly that. It's not, I'm what, what what I got out of it is a little bit different, but I decided, okay, I'm not praising my husband and I'm, I'm not complaining about my husband. My husband is a completely par of character in my life.
0: In, in your public life.
1: My public life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely not in my private life. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: I'm struggling
1: with this concept
0: a lot because I do put my life out there a lot and My music and my podcast is my brand, and it does not include my husband in terms of my brand. Nothing I'm doing reflects upon him. However, everything you're doing reflects upon him because you're representing a Jewish mom. I guess you're not saying Jewish wife, so it doesn't implicate him. Directly, but it but that's part of your brand. You're the fact that you're a mother and you have a family surrounding, and you're involving other people in it. So I, I can't imagine doing what you're doing and having to censor everything.
1: Yeah, let's just you know, say you that. Know, you know why? You know why? Because I don't censor very much, but I'm my feelings, my feelings, my feelings. What I'm going through, then, um, then I I'm pretty out there. And I think that's what makes it so like relatable that people are like, oh, she's real, she's honest, and um, and I'm not like uh, um, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not will, I'm not presenting myself as like this perfect kind of like uh, uh, role model that everyone should be perfect like me. Um, the opposite, like I struggle with a lot. There's a lot of things that I that I'm not doing so great, um, and things that I struggle with. Um, and so with that, like I'm very honest. Um, and, um, and as far as it relates to, as, as, as far as my inner life relates to my family members, um, I tend to just be vague. If it's like things that I'd rather not share, then I'm vague about that.
0: Okay. So I'd like to transition more into what your next step is, you know, is this what you want to be doing for the next, I don't know. Pick a number. How many years? Like, is this, you know what? I found it. I'm staying in this zone. This is amazing. It's working for me. It makes me so happy. Or is there something else you're working on or hoping for, dreaming of, that you wish you could do? And I just remembered the question I wanted to ask you before, which is, do you know who your audience is? Because I think uh, many of the women, if, if I'm right to assume, it's more of the conservative women who do have access to the internet because are on the internet they identify with those you know keeping the private private and the public public and they're not judging not judging but they're not expecting you to share any more than you already are
1: so yeah yeah, yeah I think I think my audience is mostly um probably majority orthodox um I mean on the um, spectrum yeah. of orthodox I um yeah, so um, it's interesting because my, my husband my husband uh, runs a, um, a program for Modern Orthodox Girls, um, and he's, like, a program di- director for a STEM program. And I know, like, universally, like, the, the moms have never heard of me. And so I know, like, to a certain kind of modern Orthodox uh, mothers, I'm completely not, I'm, in, I'm, I'm, I'm not reaching them. <laughs> more or less okay and I'm not sure why that is um but I so I I think it's more and like you know the very like uh, if you get further further right then there are women who don't have internet access so I'm somewhere between like kind of centrist orthodox and kind of the more open-minded what you call Haredi like uh population um yeah
0: that's that's where I thought you were and it's awesome that you You've captured that audience because uh, I don't know who else has that audience online.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. That's interesting. Also, a lot of Chabad, a lot of like Chabad uh, women okay, follow right. my blog has Rishi Daich is the editor of the Neshe Chabad newsletter, and she's a very, very, and she's a very long-time reader of JewishMom.com, um, and um, she, she posts and so a lot of here. She that's reposts that. my stuff, so, like, I know if I ever go to a Chabad house or any of my kids, I know I have big kids, so like, they're traveling, whatever, I I tell them, if you go to any Chabad house with an English-speaking, uh, like, rebutton, uh mention me, and then you'd get, like, preferential treatment. Like, why not benefit from it? Um, yeah. Okay, that's awesome.
0: Okay, so mm-hmm. let's get back to that question about what's in your future, what's in your dreams.
1: Um. So... um. So I really don't know, you know, I've been doing this for a long time and it wouldn't surprise me um, if, um, if I ended up like kind of segueing kind of into, into something kind of similar, but something kind of related, but something different. It wouldn't surprise me at the moment, you know, I'm not doing like speaking, I'm not going around and lecturing or, but it wouldn't surprise me if that, if that was something that I'd start doing. Rebani Yemima, she's also a friend of mine. Like we we lived to, we used to be neighbors, um. So I know her before. I know her when she was like Yemima, the Upan teacher. She used to like teach Hebrew. Right. Um. So um. So I remember like years ago, she said to, she said that I should be you know why don't you go and lecture and so it wouldn't surprise me if that was a next step, especially especially now that um, my kids are getting older, um, and I have more flexibility. Um, but uh. But we'll see. It wouldn't, uh, and uh, and maybe I'll maybe I'll get more into this project, this chef rabbi Josh. Actually, now we have like a new thing. It's a new project that I'm that I'm doing. Um, is I'm gonna be. We're bringing in groups of Jewish women, like from federation from federation groups mostly, um, and uh, like women who are conservative reform, um, and uh, we're bringing in like a Hasidic rabbin to speak with them, and I'm kind of like the interviewer. Um, And so we have like a woman, I don't know if I should say her name, because I don't know, she's, she's like, we have like a woman who's like, who's married to a Hasidic Rebbe, and she's going to be coming to my house, she lives in Beitar, she's going to be coming to my house, and I'll like ask her questions, and then the audience, and that's something, who knows, like maybe that's like an interesting thing, like interviewing, but also making money, also making, you know, making a salary from doing something that I love, which is, Meeting like interesting, wise Jewish women and talking with them about their lives.
0: Yeah, fascinating. I keep saying fascinating today. I don't know what. <laughs> that. That's okay. really cool. That's sort of what I do oh, <laughs> right yeah? now. I mean, I'm doing this right now with you. Yeah. Um. But you would be doing it as an event. That's what you said,
1: right? Yeah. Yeah. But it occurred to me when when I when, when we were when you were like I I I like this podcast idea. Um. You know maybe I'll do that. I don't know. It's just like like there's uh there's like a lot of different ideas. Well, but right okay. now, but right now I'm really happy with jewishmom.com. I love what I'm doing. I love it. Yeah.
0: Well, I I would encourage you to think like that because you already have a platform. You already have an audience and a brand and and people accept information in different mediums. And today you can create content in different mediums. That's super fun. And I I knew you'd have something, you know, on your mind that you're thinking of or you're... Yeah. You had, yeah, yeah, on the tip. So cool. So if there were any things that you would say, you know, reflecting back on the last 20 plus years of being a Jewish mom, what are some of the things you've learned? Is there anything you regret giving up for being a stay-at-home mom? What would your reflections be?
1: Um, so, um, so now, now when I'm not, I'm not, I'm no longer a young mother of, I still have a young child. My youngest is, my youngest is five. But I'm, I'm, I'm really not a young mother anymore. Um, and um, I'm more like young grandmother age. I'm not, I'm not a grandmother yet. I hope I will be, uh, in this, in the whatever. Something. at the right time. Um, but, um, but I, um, uh, but when I, when I see young mothers, like people like you, when I see young mothers of like little kids, then I'm just so struck. And like in my neighborhood, it's like all young mothers. So like, I'm surrounded by all these young mothers of little kids. I'm like, wow, that is so hard. When, when, When I compare that life with mine, like, and pe- people look at me and they say, Oh, you have eight kids. That's so hard. And I only have two, and I'm completely falling apart and I'm completely overwhelmed. I think, I think that's, my, I think the the mother of the, you know, like the, the 29 uh, year old mother of two, I think it's much harder than what I'm doing because it's like you don't have the help that I do. I, it's, it's very, very different, you know, having a one year old and a three year old versus having. You know, children ranging between the ages of 22 and four, it's comp- five, and it's completely different. Um, so I just think, like, my message and what I, what I think looking back is just like, wow, how hard that was. Also, like, dealing with pregnancies, like, I get really sick, and I guess most people do, I get really sick at the beginning of pregnancies, um, and, um, and I think that I didn't really appreciate how tough it was what I was going through. Um, and at the time it felt tough, but I was kind of like, you know, get your act together. You know, other women, you know, you only have four and that other woman has 12 and she's managing and she has a spotless house and your house is a mess and et cetera. But like it's very, what we're doing is very hard. <laughs> and so that, so that I think is my message to appreciate like if, like, a, like for a young mother, I guess for any mother who could, who can get help, help with babysitting, help with, you know, cleaning her house. Um, like like to get herself out of the house to have a, just to go have a flight, have a nice time like go out with her friend for a coffee or go and uh, go to a museum I don't know just do whatever you think is fun like making that time and don't 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 think don't think to yourself oh well I have it so easy and I'm not even working <laughs> and I'm only and I'm only home with like one kid or two kids or only three kids I don't deserve like the help I can manage. You just, just know, like, what you're doing now with, like, the pregnancies and the births and afterbirths, et cetera, the postpartum and everything, it's just, it's so difficult. And now that my life is a lot easier, um, like, I'm just looking back and, like, in awe of what I did. But 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 you guys who are still doing it, you guys who are still, like, in the young mother of young, ch- young children trenches, like... Get the help that you need, like allow yourself, like allow yourself to get help because it's very, very hard. Yeah,
0: I I love that message. It resonates with me a lot. That's part of why I started working because I felt like it justified to get help. I couldn't just accept help without having to add a load on to my life, right, and right. so the guilt aspect, the judging yourself, comparing yourself to other moms and what you think they could handle versus what you could handle, so yeah, those are definitely all thoughts that naturally come to us as moms, and yeah. there's so much more expectations on jewish on Jewish Orthodox moms because of the amount of the bigger families that we're expected to have or. Putting out chavas, two Thanksgiving meals a week. Yeah, those right. are those are high expectations that are daily and weekly. Yeah, and uh, they they put a lot more pressure on us. So I find your wisdom to be extremely on target, and I mm-hmm. I appreciate this, and I use those messages a lot with in my coaching and in my life. And I've been transforming myself ever since I've acknowledged that I started feeling these feelings
1: with amazing. becoming
0: a mom. So, yeah. So, this was such an amazing talk. So, where can people find you or reach out to you if they want um, to?
1: So, yeah. So, my website is called JewishMom.com. Um, and, uh, or that you can follow me on Facebook. It's, you know, Facebook.com slash JewishMomCom. And also Instagram the same thing instagram.com slash jewishmomcom that's awesome thank you so much for coming on
0: the show thanks so much for listening until the end I hope you enjoyed this episode if you did enjoy this episode please make sure to check this podcast out on your podcast app if you need to figure out how to do that if you have an android you need to download a podcast app or spotify or stitcher if you have an iphone then you should already have the podcast app downloaded to your phone called podcasts And then you search for The Francisca Show while you're there. Please make sure to subscribe. Also, you can follow me on Facebook and Instagram. Also, join the Artpreneur Facebook group. And if you'd like to schedule a strategy session with me or a discovery call to see how you can transition from being a hobbyist into a businesswoman or how to just simply grow your business then I'd love to speak to you. You can reach out by emailing me at FranciscaK at gmail.com. K is spelled K-A-Y. And of course, through Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for listening to The Francisca Show,
1: a JewishCoffeeHouse.com podcast. And we'll see you next time.